0: to football supporters around the world, and especially here in Thailand, welcome to the Portcast Podcast, with news, views, and profiles of the supporters of Thai Port FC, or as they say in Thai, Tarua FC, and now, here's your host, arguably the most knowledgeable Port FC supporter this side of Janet the Hut,
1: ladies and gentlemen, Tom Earl! Oh
0: my word! Welcome to the podcast. Uh, this is not going to be another Zone F podcast for once. Uh, today we're going to be having a more in depth discussion about an aspect of Thai football which I think today's guest will be particularly insightful on. And uh, it's also very topical. We've just had a raft of new port arrivals, seven in total. So I think it's a good time to talk about the transfer market in Thailand and how teams, particularly Port and Mungtong, have approached building their squads. So I'm obviously here to talk for Port. You'll never be able to stop me doing that. And uh, my guest for his sins is a Mungtong fan. First time for everything. But we, uh, we don't have any old Mungtong fans on here. Jian is also an aspiring football journalist and a Southeast Asia editor for Football Tribe in English, and he's also written some excellent content for us at the Sandpit. So, welcome, Jian.
1: It's one of the most hostile introductions I've I've had. But yeah, thank you for having me.
0: Ah, there was like half a hostile sentence in there. Okay, Gian, yeah. You've got, to, you've got to expect a little bit of hostility when you uh, yeah. when you're in the Sandpit. That was very mild. by Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> And is it, it Jam? Is that the Oh tribe? Gian, Gian, Gian? Yeah. Gian. Okay, sorry. Okay, so um, tell me a little bit about your role with with Football Tribe. You've been doing that a while now,
1: haven't you? Yeah. So I started um, last summer. Yeah, last summer. So it's been a year and a few months now. I'm basically the editor for Southeast Asia. So I get articles from Thailand, Malaysia, Indonesia, and Vietnam. I just correct the English of those and post them up. And occasionally, I'll use the platform to write my own opinion on Thai League stuff. And I usually share the Thai league work with the other person who works there, who works in th- uh, writes in Thai. So yeah, a lot of it is mostly editing, but Thai league writing as well.
0: Okay, so Football Tribe also has like a Thai language segment, a, yeah. a Malaysian language segment and all those yeah. things, but you're kind of in control of the English, the yeah. English side, okay. And um, obviously, ever since I've known you anyway, I've, we've always known you to be one of the most knowledgeable people about uh, the Thai league in particular, oh. but um, with this job, is that really kind of help expand your knowledge of other southeast asian countries other leagues
1: yeah a bit when i'm when i'm not grumpily editing i'm trying to learn as much as i can and like just pick up on information about uh you know malaysia indonesia and vietnam i think it also helps to you know being watching the national team now we're all in the same group so i've actually had a chance to like start you know talking to people who uh, when Thailand plays against Malaysia and Indonesia and Vietnam. So being in that group, World Cup qualifying, and this job, I've learned a lot. Yeah, it has
0: been a couple of weird coincidences that happened there, where all the Southeast Asian teams all we'll ended up being grouped together.
1: Yeah, and specifically all the football tribe countries. I mean, we could have had Cambodia, we could have had Hong Kong, we got That's all true. in one. And it's really annoying because like, our content gets halved, because we're not going to do one preview for Indonesia against another country, sure. it's yeah. one. so we half our content. So now our viewership goes down. Thank you very much, FIFA.
0: <laughs> okay, so um, moving on to the kind of topic of today's podcast, uh, it's going to be a little bit different to the to the previous ones because we're going to try and get very specific about um, about transfers today. That's mm. that's our main topic, and I'm sure all of our listeners are well aware <laughs> by now of the big news of the week, the big news of the of the window so far, really. But uh, before we get onto that, we want to we kind of suss out what we think about transfer strategy. So, um, can you pick out any clubs in the league who you think have a strategy which has been successful in recent seasons?
1: I think the first and most obvious one has to be Chiang Rai, because you know, it's paid dividends after two years. Because in 2017, they invested in a bunch of you know, players in their late teens and early 20s, who a lot of them had played together at Mung Thomas Academy, Taro's Academy. And they they signed all these players who knew each other pretty well, could work together pretty well, and then they, over two years, under the right coaching, they appointed the right coaches as well, made that group of players um, transition and have development together, and then they signed foreign players and they tried their best uh, in the second season to keep the foreign players they had from one year to the next. So the combination of young players who worked together and maintaining the three main. Sorry, four, no, no, three, because they got a new centre-back. Three main foreign players going into 2019 is probably the best. They had the best strategy in the league, and then that's why they won.
0: It's definitely the best strategy in hindsight at the time. At the start of this, uh, the last season, none of us thought they'd done particularly well, either with their signings or with their manager. So it's a very low-key strategy. It didn't appear on its face to have been very good, but it's turned out to be successful in...
1: When they appointed Borges, uh, at the start of the season, who had been, I think, Buriram B coach before that, and he's getting appointed to the team that's supposed to be chasing Buriram themselves to the title, we were all like, something's off here. And then they went for Alton Silva, who'd been in, got relegated from the third division in Brazil, we're like, what, this is ridiculous, what are they doing? And we underestimated, you know, Fat Bill and William, and we underestimated them a lot, because they turned up, and they had the right coach. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was. I mean, you can't argue with the results. Yeah. And uh, how about any clubs that you think have
1: gotten it completely wrong? Oh, but uh, two more teams that I had okay, uh, they sure. are good. I think these might be a bit strange at first. Okay. One is China. Okay. China have have a budget that would have them struggle to be in mid table in T two, and they they've signed T three guys, T two guys, and bought them up to T one, and they've been able to. Well, it, it was a it was a tight one in the end when they got relegated, and they they were just about able to they survived in strange circumstances last year and they were able to be in the top 16 clubs in Thailand when their budget is nowhere near that so are that's we, a big are one are we
0: really at the point where we're praising the transfer strategy that brought Gorka back to T1 <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah
1: we are I mean <laughs> looking at looking at what they did with the money that they didn't have and yeah. what they did with the young Thai players so Pat and Chathamon who you you signed yeah. those guys like they were in T2 barely noticed China signed sign them when they become Thai U23 internationals. And you they know, were unlucky you know.
0: with Gorka as well because he got uh, injured very early on in the season. He didn't get a chance to kind of get stuck back into T1. And that
1: Ricardo Santos guy was actually really good. Yeah.
0: He's decent,
1: yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the last one is um, Pate United. When they were Pate United, had a good transfer strategy. Okay. Now they're somewhat Pukad City and they're taking credit for what they built back then because it's a very similar thing to Chiang Rai. It was basically um, their coach, Sura Pong, who was a former Mung Tong Academy uh, coach, just signing players that he knew from that well, bloated say, academy? I was
0: going to say Patia did have a relationship with Mung Tong at that yeah. time, so they were taking a lot of the academy players and the, yeah. the younger players. Yeah, on, and I on think. Loan.
1: But if you were to point to a manager who has very good, I think Sorapong is that, and we're seeing it again at Sukhothai. I think you'll see it come through again. So, yeah.
0: okay, so um, yeah, the, the clubs you got it wrong. Any yeah. Examples. I mean, I don't want to
1: say port, but like.
0: Well, again, if
1: you're talking about
0: results, <laughs> it's hard to say that port have done
1: that bad. Yeah, no, my, I, my. I agree with, with you in, in a way. In You'll a way, yeah, no, that no, that. My, my, my selection is BG. Um, okay. BG, but yeah. on Glass. Mainly because, so my, my colleague at Football Tribe is a, uh, his name is Arby's Tactic Times on Twitter. Yeah. He's a BG fan. So he has a lot of, like, rants. And I, I probably know that the best because I've just. Had these blunders like listed to me over and over again, but they—they're all over the place with their transfer strategy. The, the year they went down, they signed two target men:
0: Frederick Mendy, Frederick
1: Mendy and and Plaza Bat from the Singaporean league. Yeah. They signed two target men, and then like it just like why would you do that? What were you thinking? You know, and sort of things like that. it's just I've got to put them as the worst, and it's right they got relegated, and then they. They bought Tanabun when he was injured off Chiang Rai for a lot of money. I mean, who knows? Maybe that money never actually changed hands because you know the relationship of those clubs. But like you, you can.
0: You, well, they forked out a big wedge on salaries, one way or another. Yeah, even yeah, even definitely. If they didn't pay a big transfer, and
1: through. with the money you had, you you have to stay in T1 with that budget. Um, and then now, uh, before the, the window started, Auburn were a really good piece saying what not to do in the transfer window. Don't sign too many midfielders. Don't spend too much money on the squad when you have already a, a balanced squad. And don't like unseat the young players. All the young guys he mentioned are not going to Chiang Mai for next season. They've signed like 17 midfielders. And it's all a mess. So they're doing it again.
0: And, uh, midfield is left for anyone now that Port and BG have signed half <laughs> right the ones in the league yeah uh, yeah sure. so um let's let's kind of move on to a hypothetical scenario if you were in charge of crafting the transfer strategy for a club in Thailand uh, let's be generous and say you've got a, a big budget to work with. Mm-hmm. How would you approach player recruitment
1: well I'd first get a foreign coach and okay. tell that foreign coach to use your scouting network as much as you can and then the work that. network. Well if, if if he has like if if I had Gamma and Gamma's connections around the world that he has, that, that is incredible. He's bought Derle, Gallo. I don't want to spoil later on the comments, but he sure, he has yeah. a very big scouting network. He bought Vander to this league, he bought Gosuki to this league, he bought Everton to this league. Uh so if you look at that, you, you need to hire a coach who's got a good scouting network. So I would actually in the hiring process of a coach, I'd say like, do you actually like know people who know good players or do you have you work with good players that you can bring here mm-hmm. because if you come here and you're not going to bring your own players so Why am so, I hiring so you're me?
0: looking at a foreign coach who has those kind of abroad scouting yes scouting, yes uh, yes things right. yeah. Okay. and I guess that's good stuff.
1: If, if i had to do my own foreigner recruitment i would stress south america because that's where most of the successful Tide league players come from not europe And I would actually stress a lot more Japan and Korea. And I'd I'd say, why limit yourself to one Asian player in a team? I think that frustrates me the most is, why limit yourself? Because Koreans do the best in the Thai league, for sure. Like, they adapt the quickest, and they tend to be, overall, the the best imports, Koreans and Brazilians. So just go for that, because they seem to get along here better.
0: Okay, interesting. How about, um, how would you try to balance your squad between youth and experience?
1: Mm, For Thai players, I'd go with youth. Because, to be honest, the older generation of Thai players don't want to learn anything, right? So I'd I'd want a coach who's going to take these players and push them a little bit, and you know I take guys who are more multifunctional, so they can play multiple positions and change going to the coach. Uh, and a lot of the older guys just won't do that. So I I I have. Most, all the older experienced guys come from the foreigners. The foreigners bring the experience. I just have my Thai players be, you know, 25 or younger.
0: And would you try and make use of the ASEAN quota as well? Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, that's... Would you, how much of it would you use, though? Because I've heard a few different opinions on this. Yeah. I mean, and it's no, no team that I've seen since the quota has been implemented has had three ASEAN players in their first mm, team. right? Just in happened.
1: the starting 11, no. No. no yeah, Okay. Right,
0: yeah. right. So would you would you go for would you try and spend big money on all three or would you buy one or two?
1: I I try all I try three for just depth. I wouldn't start all three, but you know you have to look at Vietnam. They don't earn very high salaries there, and I think if you were to compare like what a Vietnamese player earns to what a Thai player earns and the quality you get for a certain salary, I think Vietnam is higher. The,
0: that's that's definitely true. What I've heard on this subject is that. Vietnamese players are quite often tied down to longer-term contracts than Thai players. Mm. And the clubs, when they hear Thai league, they think, money, money, money. And they're, yeah, they're yeah. instantly doubling transfer fees, and, and the players are instantly doubling wage demands when it comes to <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. Vietnamese players. And Mung Tong probably experienced that with, uh, with Vang, Van Lam. Van Lam, yeah. Van Lam, yeah. yeah. Because uh, you paid a big old salary. To yeah, people, yeah. And uh, okay, so if a team were to implement the kind of strategy you're talking about, how how much do you think it would benefit them? How far? How fast do you think they would rise?
1: I mean, it, 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 I don't know. It's a hard question. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, the closest one to implement this probably is Tong in the second half of the half of the transfer window. And to be fair, I, I'm sort of basing it retroactively on okay, Tong did it, and it, they got the highest points average in the um, second, half of, in last second half of last season, uh, doing what Gama did with his foreign signings, but there wasn't enough emphasis on well, there was enough local like from their own academy youth, so I think it would if you have the right coach to do it, it would be very effective really quickly yeah okay
0: well we're, we're moving nicely on to the next uh, the next kind of big topic, which yeah. is' Muntang. we yeah. were talking about <laughs> so uh, yeah, back to the real world, back into some kind of specifics about Montong. when Montton won the league. What mm. year was it? 2016. 20... 16. Okay, yeah. when Tong won the league in 2016, they invested very heavily in Thai players. At the time, I remember maybe mm. eight or nine of the starting eleven yeah. of the Thai national team yeah. were were all from Montong. It was unbelievable. And uh, in the, in the same period, before and since, Buiran have been more successful. I mean, mm. that season aside, investing more money on foreign players and developing rather than spending big money on their Thai players so yeah. how do you think their relative strategies pay paid
1: off it's going to sound strange at first but I think Buriram win in spite of their players not because of their players it's like, I think it's everything around the playing squad that works so well I mean those guys live in dorms right and they yeah. just they train like more than anybody else so the most professional out of any team the coaching they have is excellent and they shouldn't be in this like they shouldn't these teams shouldn't be able to compete with Buriram if they do it right if they spend the money but for some reason, whenever they do spend money, it doesn't go well. Like, they spent a lot of money on this random midfielder from China, an army one time, that went really horribly. So for whatever reason, they they just don't seem to hit it well when they sign big-name players. But they can sign journeymen like Pansa and make him a national team player from a T3 player. Yeah. So, yeah, their thing is more about good coaching, really. And, yeah, the, the good signings they made in terms of foreign players, it was mostly Gamma. Again, right? Because Diogo was Gamma, gosuki was him. And since then, recently, there are signings...
0: So you, you seem to be attributing a lot of credit to Gamma yes. for those signings. It, do you know that he was the person who who suggested those signings? Or he told me he
1: was good? the best... He told me he was the best who suggested okay, it. Okay. So I don't know how much... Yeah. yeah, But, um, no, if you follow the, like, the logic, right? So if you, you when he goes to right he still makes good signings. And... Go, Gosuki Korea. He coached in Korea. You know, I I can see like the connections. He was from the UAE. Uh playing the UAE Gamma coach in the UAE. I can see these like connections there. Um their signings since haven't been as good, Buriram. Oh, no, I'm not saying Gamma is the reason that Buriram... Were. I mean the, before Gamma they had great signings too of foreign players. I'm not saying Gamma is the only reason they're good. That's that's not the case at all. They had it before he came. Definitely very good as well. When he came it was good. And then more recently, I don't know what's going wrong, but you look at Barazite and Johnson, and you're thinking, "What are they?"
0: Yeah, yeah. And, and in comparison to Montong, so again, so again, we're talking about the kind of opposite from Montong, where they just went heavy on the national team. Yeah. And at some points in, in that season, they were only playing maybe two of their four foreign players. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. it was amazing. So, is that also a viable strategy in its kind of winning the league?
1: I mean, if you want to, like, ransack another club with questionable means, then sure, but...
0: Yeah, and I'll we're talking pers- about B.E.C. Tero. Yeah,
1: yeah. 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 What Tong did with B C Tero should not be allowed. No. And I can say that, you know, while wearing this Tong kit right now. It should not have been allowed. We should not have been allowed to do that. And that should be prevented, so, yeah. By the way, what
0: Jan's specifically referring to is when Tong basically bought B.E.C. Tero for the purpose of taking... It was uh, Chanatip, Tanabun, uh, Pirapat... Adison. Adison. Adisak. So, so, so they got basically five first teamers for the price of, well, they the club was cheaper than the players. Yes, you know? yeah, because they was
1: they, they the ownership ran them to the ground. They'd been run into the ground. They were going to get relegated either way. Yeah, they actually, I think they got relegated, but then stayed up because robbery went bankrupt, mm-hmm. and just like the, the owner did not want the club anymore. Yeah, so and like in an the affiliate, of Phong was like, "We'll buy it." Yeah, and so we'll just, we'll balance your books by just giving ourselves all the players. Yeah. so they
0: bought the club and then loaned <laughs> themselves all the best players. Very questionable, but yeah, sure, but it did work. It did yeah, work yeah, and they did it yeah. the yeah. and it was because of that kind of that group of Thai national team players who under under Zico at the time were such a, a successful national team and a successful club team. Yeah. Okay, so um, yeah, we've talked a little bit about uh, Chiang Rai. So they've won the most trophies per part spent on their squad. You were talking before about the young players they've signed. So, mm-hmm. specifically, who are we talking about? People pithi- like Shinapat?
1: Shinapat, Pitiwat, Zivokon. That's about...
0: Who am I forgetting?
1: Surya, left back. Surya, yep. Ekinit um, was their own academy player. that doesn't count. So, yeah. Those those four plus So, team.
0: getting kind of tie under 23 players, and then... Kind of showing faith in them in the first
1: team is that the key? Yeah, and getting a manager who will actually be willing to work with them. Oh Titipan as well. Well that was the year prior, but him as well, yeah. Um they they just were they were pretty bold. I, I remember this one game, uh right after they spent the, all the money and people were like, Oh, they're buying the league and then they played Buriram in the first time that Buriram and Rai met, and I think like three of their back four were under twenty one or twenty one and you're under. Wow, and I'm yeah. like, So you're going into a title deciding match? after spending all this money and getting all this hype with these kids. So that, like, I don't think people, most clubs will have, like, you know, the courage to do that. So, but if you, if you do it, we'll pay dividends in the long run. So, yeah.
0: Okay. Okay, yeah. So, so if you just talk a little bit more about Montong, uh, Montong's strategy has changed significantly in, in recent years. They've moved away from investing in Thai players and they've actually loaned out some of those Thai players to the J League. Yeah. And uh, they were the first... Team to do that. So, how do you think that's worked
1: out? Well, I think it's good um, from the standpoint of the of the players themselves to get to go to Japan to have clubs that we not let them go. I think Borram, comparing to Boyram again, I think Super is time. It's time for him to go abroad. This league is getting too easy for him, honestly. And but Nevin won't, won't let him go. Right, he won't and
0: let him not the, the kind of shrewder operator here compared to Mouton. Yeah. I, mean, I, I heard people say at the time when they first let Chanatip and Gawain go, people were saying, look, they're going to go anyway. It's inevitable. You have to let them go or else no other players will want to come to your yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If you can be
1: a pathway. I think that's what BG are trying to... worked out? Uh, yeah, I, I wouldn't say the players leaving is the reason why Mouton have struggled. It was a string of really bad appointments. So there's that uh, when when Toshio Wan resigned mm-hmm. um, after the six one defeat to put you up away, which was like it forever changed the trajectory of the club because then you had Kirchich awful appointment, um, Bayroth, awful appointment, Yoon awful appointment, yeah. and now it's g- coming back with Gama. But again, if you're gonna you know take away the rug from under him with the transfer strategy, it's not gonna work mm-hmm. either.
0: But at the same time, even with those managers, if you put Chanatip, Gawin, and on back into the team you're adding a whole lot of points, and you're
1: maybe in the top three at least, or maybe top two. Yeah, maybe. I'm going to try to find a way to defend this. (laughs) There's something to be said about if you're a pathway to go to Japan, and your club is open to letting players go, they'll they'll join. I think BG are trying to do that. BG have got deals with Serezo Osaka in Japan and Tokushima Vortis as well. Um, so I think a lot of players want to go to BG with the thought of we could go to Japan next, right? And that's why I think a lot of players are being attracted to this move to to, to go into there now. Um, so Mung can get players, develop them, sell them, and then get young players in and do the same with them. And so the budget is... It, it
0: kind of it hasn't happened yet, but maybe the benefits, maybe the fruits yeah, of that will... Yeah, will
1: the bear. best is yet to come, I I think. And also because the money... I don't know exactly what the financial situation is at Tong, but the owners themselves are not very personally wealthy. right? It's it's about how much they can get from sponsorship deals. So as long as SCG keeps pumping in money, it's it's fine. But SCG is already, as we hear, pulling back a bit of the funding. So you've got to think long-term if you're Tong.
0: And Tong do at least have the, the, kind of the academy in place as well. You definitely produce yes. some, of the, some yeah. of the best players in your system, so that will stand you in good stead.
1: You've been, like, you way too kind to Bangkok today. I'm getting scared of, like, something, just, <laughs> like, something ominously is building. So.
0: Well, thank you for the <coughs> perfect segue. We yeah. can finally get on to, to the biggest news story of the transfer <coughs> window, and that is, of course, <coughs> Heberty. His name will be silent no longer. So, uh, what did you think when you first heard the rumours okay. that we could be silent? <laughs> so
1: I heard the rumours um, actually at Heathrow when I was coming back from London. And I, I opened Twitter, and I just saw people saying big transfer coming up, and then in the comment section it was like gifs of like the like Black Panther because Hypertonic's name is Black Panther. Yeah. So like just gifs of I'm like this is not happening. It's not, not happening. It's not happening. This is not happening. So then up until the last day, I was messaging Grant. I was saying, "Here, here, here! It's all it's all a big head fake, and they'll announce <laughs> Diogo instead. Come on, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen."
0: So you were rooting for us this idea? Yes, I was. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah, oh, that's funny. Though no, we actually um,
1: just because your reaction would be hilarious, right? Because oh, yeah. you, you were all the years calling him all the names you called him, and now he's your striker. You know? Well, if he recognised you, would be great. That's, yeah. that, that's why I wanted to join.
0: <laughs> I actually, I actually thought we had signed Diego. We were in the process of signing Diogo last hmm. season. There was a funny little coincidence where. Uh, Madame Pang had got on a plane with Jadette and a couple of the other port, uh, high-ranking port officials, and it turned out that she'd flown off to Miami (laughs) to to watch some Burmese player who never ended up arriving anyway. And at the same time, Diogo was on a plane. And he had written on his, like, Instagram, like, oh, big news coming soon. And it ended up that he was just announcing a new sponsorship deal or something. So I got complete, <laughs> I got completely clowned by Diogo and Pang last year. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I wasn't going to be and burned then again you get, by that. So I wasn't going to be burned again by Diogo. And then
1: it's just like you turn up and then Joseph is there, like, yo.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> what, what the fuck is this? Oh Yeah, it's
0: hilarious. But, um, so, yeah, it wasn't. Diogo, it was Heberti. Um, yeah. How much of a blow is it to Tong's hopes?
1: It's a, it's a big blow. It is. Like, there's no way to skirt around that. He is, he, he was their best player last season by far. Yep. Highest assist in the league by far. Um, it depends now whether there's like a strategy to replace him. Now I've heard from the Tong side that maybe the point of this was Heberti's a great player. But for that money, you can get someone who can still do a job and a profit on top of it. So maybe it wasn't that they were like, forced to sell him as much as it was they actually sat, considered it, and was like, yeah, we can't really refuse taking a $2 million baht a month cost off our books and getting $35 million for a one-year loan. That, it is user. that that agreement,
0: that the thirty-five million loan payment. I think so. I've I've heard that he is allowed to play against you next season. Oh God, really? Oh <laughs> God! Is, but apparently that was part of the thirty-five million loan loan payment. That's so stupid. <laughs> I hope it comes up first game of the season. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not hundred percent sure of that. But that is something that I've heard. But...
1: That would be so stupid. Oh my God.
0: <laughs> so, um, how much of a boost will it be to Port? Do you think?
1: Depends how you use him. Depends how you use him. Um, see, the problem with port signings a lot of the times is they raise more questions than answers. Like, they're great fun. But then you're like, wait, where's he going to play? Where is Suarez going to play? Who, who's going to be up front? Is Herbert going to be number nine? Can he be a number nine? Was he a number nine before at Rochbree? Would you consider that a number nine? It's, you know. If you went with someone like Jamboya okay, he's going to be there. We're going to cross. He's going to head in. That's our plan. With Heberti, it's like, where's he going to go? What's he going to do? So it's all, you know.
0: Yeah, it's never that simple before. Yeah, <laughs> we're, yeah, we're, yeah. to yeah. make it interesting. And I think it could go either way with Heberti and Suarez. Mm-hmm. Suarez has shown that he's capable of doing a job as a number nine. At least when you tell him to do it, he tries to do it. And, <laughs> and that's, I'm comparing that obviously with Boskovic. Okay, you know, okay, when was, yeah. When he was told to play as a number nine, he just didn't. He just played on the wing. He just did what he wanted to do. Whereas with Suarez, you tell him to try and do something, he tries to do it, even if he it's not his strength, it's certainly not his strength. Um so that that is an option. And also Heberty, yeah. I think I, I haven't I don't remember specifically the kind of position Heberty played in when he was at Ratchbury. Yes. Yeah, but he was he was definitely the centre of attention for the team. I think the team was built towards getting him goals, whether or not he was playing as a number nine or a number ten. And that won't be as much the case with Port. We have I mean so so were able last season to direct the kind of direct the ball to Heberty in the areas he wanted quite efficiently. Yeah. But Port have people like Suarez and and Pacquiao and Bowdoin who aren't necessarily going to just give the ball to Heberty and let him do everything. Yeah, (laughs) that's true, that's
1: true. That's true. Yeah, and like if you compare I think Derlei is a really unselfish striker. That helped Heberti a lot. Um, And it's going to be very different. One thing I remember from last year was... uh, So, there was this one game where Tong played against China. I think they won, I think, 2-0 or 3-0. I forget the score. And so, Dennis Amato, the China boss, walks in and he just goes, Well, congratulations congratulations to Heberti for winning three points today. Mm -hmm. And the translator softens it. And he goes, congrats to Heberti for helping his team win three points, which is clearly not what he was trying to say. And then he goes on a rant about how oh China can't afford players like Heberty, You know, Tong is just all Heberty and he goes on this pretty long rant. And the translator is like, I don't want to say this. So come on, but I'm not like a Thai journalist. I have a agenda to push, you know. So then Gamma comes into the next in the next round, um, and I ask him. I told him, "Hey, Amato said you won because you have Heberty. Thoughts." And he, and he, he tells me, well, I told Heberty where to run. I told Heberty which players to target. I told Heberty. So I think, and then yesterday, yesterday? Two days ago, I met Grant. I was a Mugatong fan. And he brought up to me that before, uh, Gamma came, Heberty scored three goals in 13 games. Wow. Right? And then, once he got micromanaged, if we believe Gamma's story, which, yeah. grain of salt, you know, it's, yeah. it's taking a bit of credit, which maybe is a bit, more than it would... Yeah. Grain of salt. If the thing is true, Heberty is better when he's micromanaged. I, I don't believe that. It doesn't intuitively make any sense. But if that's the actual case...
0: I think there be could equally be a case made for the players having learned how to get the best out of Heberti. Yeah, like that's true. Yeah. List, yeah. Having figured out how to get him the ball in the right position.
1: But Heberty under Kirchic was often just... He, he would just drop in because there, there was no creativity in the midfield at all. He'd just drop into midfield, get the ball, and then have three guys on him, and then he'd fall over, and we'd try again, you know. Uh, so it's about, yeah, how do you get the ball to him where he wants and it? And that's, <laughs> that's the worst thing to hear in
0: the Portback, because that's what all of our freaking strikers do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Not all of them, but that's what a lot of our strikers just end up dropping back, looking for the ball, and then... The midfield just gets overcrowded and we end up shouting at our strikers, Get in the fucking box That's what his
1: I think his instinct was. When he wasn't yeah. told to, to, to just stay up top. His instinct is let me let me drop in and then that's the opposite of what you what you needed. Exactly. But if there's if if your coach one of your four coaches has been watching and says, You're gonna be a striker, you're gonna play on on the shoulder, we're gonna but then, like, I don't see because you, your your wingers love to cross, yeah. and you guys love to have possession and pin teams into the ball. Well,
0: bottom. maybe this is going to change this year. Maybe this is going to change because we don't know that Pacorn's going to be starting this year, mm. and we know that Bodin is going to be starting on the left. And Bodin doesn't like to get to the byline and cross with his left foot. He likes to cut in and either shoot or pass with his right foot. Mm. So we're moving away from what we had before. When we had Pacorn and Nuran on the wings, it yeah. was just run by line cross.
1: Yeah. And and it, before that too, if I remember correctly, with Josemar, same, it's like deeply ingrained there.
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, that has been, that was certainly Jeanette's system. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But maybe that'll be changing slightly. And it would certainly behoove us to, to go in a different direction with the way our wingers are playing. If again, we're going to have Hemity in there who, doesn't head the ball as far as I'm aware yeah <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> so um we didn't just sign Heberty the other day on Tuesday we announced seven signings so mm-hmm. um, I remember you you mentioned them earlier in the podcast Jaturapat and Chapmancon yes were the two rivals from China what do you think of them
1: both excellent
0: they're both okay yeah they're both excellent but yeah. they were at China last season and we have a big squad
1: yeah, yeah, and the thing about the left-back is it's a red flag, because like, you've got Struibel, you've got Kevin, now you've got Chir- the right It means one's probably going to go, and that might be Kevin.
0: There have been rumours. There have also been r- rumours of a arrival in the left-back slot. Have you heard that one?
1: Tiraton. Tiraton. not going to happen. <laughs> Not gonna happen. Zero percent chance it's gonna happen. It, it's not zero. No, it's, it's, a, it's zero. a small percent chance. It's, it's, it's zero. zero. <laughs> I mean, if you if you ask him, hey, do you want to play in front of sixty four thousand fans at the Nissan Stadium in Yokohama, or do you want to like, not be coached and just, and no offense, I mean, sure, sure, no, I guess. Yeah. The, the question is, if um, I was if look, if I was a Thai player, Port is one of the top destinations. Like, I you could choose. That, that's true because you've got top players around you, right? It's Port Muntong. Be right? yeah. Tira, you a right? But the other day. Sorry to cut yeah. you off. on the other day
0: on Instagram. Uh, Thank you and goodbye to his Japanese translator.
1: Get a new one. That's fine.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Grasping at straws. Now, I, I'm not saying I think that transfer is going to happen, but I don't think there's a zero percent chance because, um, yeah, it it doesn't make sense to me that Japanese clubs aren't offering him contracts. Mm-hmm. Like he's definitely getting offered contracts by Japanese. Yeah, people. yeah, yeah, yeah. But on the other hand. Maybe he wants to come back to Thailand, maybe maybe he wants to spend more time with his family. He's he's just won the J League. Maybe he feels like mission accomplished in Japan, I can come back to Thailand. And if he does come back to Thailand, Mong Tong gonna do the same thing with him that they did with Heberty. I don't want to pay this guy. Let's give him to someone who's gonna give us a big fat fee and pay his mm-hmm. very large. But
1: what are you gonna do with the Tirupot, Kevin, Stoibel and Tiraton?
0: Just sell Kevin. Okay. We <laughs> <laughs> we'd sell Kevin we would keep strugglers back up as right-back and left-back, and we'd forget about Chaturapak because we're probably paying peanuts anyway. <laughs> like how would this... <laughs> we do these things, Joe. We sign players and we don't think about the consequences. And it doesn't matter you know, how many young players get sat on the bench or not even on the bench. One thing
1: I noticed. What was the year you spent big 2018, was it, when you spent big on all the players? Like, I, I, I was looking at the... I looked at that back uh, like their signings that year. And... They signed, like, Badram, Nabihi, and Asambe, and a bunch of, like, lesser-known Thai players. And then they, like, reversed course in the middle of the window and went Kevin, Boscovich, Nurun, Kim. Like, did she go into the window thinking, I'm going to do a bit of a low-key window here? Well... And then decided halfway through, yeah, fuck it, let's spend money. I think I can give you
0: some specifics, (laughs) because with Asambe, I heard that there was a visa issue. So, I heard that we signed a Sonbay, and then there were video okay. issues which meant that he couldn't, uh, couldn't join us next season. With Bajram, I believe, I think, I don't know, that we signed him thinking that he could play as a number nine, and then and then just watched him and realised that he is six foot four, but he isn't a number nine. <laughs> and I genuinely think we did, because, I mean, Ubon tried it a few games and he scored a couple of goals, but he, was, he wasn't playing as a number nine. Anyway, we signed players we don't know where they play, that's what we do. And then we get a look at them in training, and then we sign someone else. (laughs) (laughs) No, but yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: (laughs) No, but it's the fact that, like, the tone shift from, like, okay, we'll go with Asambe, we'll go with these guys. And then the tone shift to, we're going to sign the best players in this league now is... yeah, And to, to think of that midway through a window, it's very... Like, did that decision happen? Like, they saw them in training and they were like, actually...
0: Well, some signings have to be opportunistic. I mean, so Kevin's deadline day signing, that was pure opportunism. I guess we just didn't know that signing Kevin was an option until the last minute and we hijacked his move to Montong, right? And yeah. He was supposed to be moving to Montong. To replace Chiwetong, yeah. Yeah. So I think that one was just pure opportunism. Um, some of the other ones were obviously not. I mean, the signing of Kim was in theory, good signing. Yeah. It, it, it worked out okay. Kim wasn't terrible. Yeah, I thought he was all right. Yeah. So, um, yeah, more players. More players who so we just signed. We signed Tanisit. We spoke a little bit about him. How do you think he'll do?
1: Mm, depends if he plays, right? Like, Is he another Somania? Is he another guy who wants to play in the middle, but uh, Suarez yeah, is there, so you push him out?
0: No, no, I think he plays on the wing. I think Tanisit
1: normally on the right or left-hand side. Probably on the right. Yeah, Then, but is he going to unseat... Gone. Well, that's, I think it's, I think that could be great if he does, but I don't, yeah. you, you know my opinion on Prakorn. Yeah,
0: that's fair enough. D- d- do you uh, remember Tannisit's contribution to Port last season? No. <laughs> he headed the ball straight in off a corner for us. <laughs> 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 we were playing against Sifanbury, we crossed it in, there was absolutely no pressure on Tannisit, he was just <laughs> still in the middle of the area just headed the ball into his own pocketbook. <laughs> and then they so. were
1: like, a player who can head the ball, <laughs> we should <laughs> sign, ball sign him. Sign him up,
0: yeah. <laughs> so as long as he's not defending corners, I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, I've always liked him Yeah, I've, I've always thought he's got a lot of potential, but certainly from the first year I saw him, which would probably have been 2016, yes. he hasn't developed much, and that's the worry. But then again, we had that with Boden, and yeah. Him and Bowdoin were both at BG at the same time. And Tanisic was considered to be the more talented player at the time, so, mm. so there is there is hope that he could still develop, he could be a late bloomer in the same way that Bowden was and uh, we could get the best out of him, that would be good. Yeah, We've also signed uh, Kanarin, centre midfielder.
1: Don't know a thing about
0: him. Yeah, he played in T2 last year. He's been on loan from a couple of T1 teams, again I think squad player.
1: Yeah, Not a um, wood as well the other next one.
0: And we've signed a Tanakorn, an army striker also.
1: I think he probably wasn't he like the highest scoring tie player in T two. He scored
0: sixteen goals in T two last year. Yes, highest
1: scoring tie player in all the division in the top two divisions. Okay. Probably, yeah.
0: But his I mean he's twenty nine and his career league total, I don't remember it completely, but it's pitiful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: but it's like it's like, you know, Mark Hartman would just tied this time as a ASEAN you know it, the,
0: th- the frustrating thing about that is though
1: are you going up to play Panacorn up top with not Heberti playing. and Sergio Suarez playing off of him
0: obviously he's a squad player but yeah. but I think and this maybe you'll disagree with I think we already have one of the best tie strikers
1: oh yeah I'm talking about Artit. Yeah. I, I just
0: I think Artit does a good job <clears throat> he's big he's strong he can hold the ball up He's not the best finisher in the world. He's not the most technical player in the world. Well, to but be a
1: striker, you got to score goals, though, right? <laughs> he, he scored
0: three for us last season. and if you look at it in uh, terms of goals per minute, he did very, very well. He had um, a goal a game. If you do it, you know, oh. if you judge it, but but that's because he's coming on in the last fifteen minutes when everyone's tired. We're trying to score, right? And, and everyone's tired, here. So there is that. But mm, yeah, I think did maybe. have a good goals maybe, per game yeah ratio. And he, yeah, he's just, he's the most likable player in our team. He's my <laughs> favorite player. He really is. I really like him. And I'm so gutted, i was so gutted that we signed Chenrock. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then signing Chenroff and then signing Tanakorn. it's just like, we have these useful young players and we just don't, we don't want to use them. Hmm. So, that's a shame.
1: Do you think Tiwatan's really going to, um, it's going to keep me up at night now. Tiwatan to, to port. Is, is it going to keep me up at night? Is that it's, really going to happen?
0: It's not nothing, but I don't think it's
1: going to happen Where's he going to be next season?
0: Conversations were had, let me put it that way, whether or not they reached a conclusion. Like
1: conversations, or like Nicholas Bettner conversations. No, no conversations. Okay. Yeah. Uh <laughs> <laughs> he's not going to play for Mungthong next season. That's for sure. He's not going to be nowhere. He's going to pay a salary. So yeah. So
0: yeah. So you're looking to get rid of him, and if he does decide to stay, you know that in a in a world that is not too far away from reality, that could happen.
1: Poryram might be more likely than...
0: Didn't he, uh, leave on bad terms with Poryram, though?
1: No? Yeah, but he's, like, since he's, you know, he's gone and hugged Nguyen, he's, like, done the hand sign thing, you know, uh, okay. maybe. Maybe, maybe. I kind of like where I want him to go more, it's kind of hard, like, I don't... <laughs> do <either>. uh. <sighs>
0: okay, so we've already got into this in some depth, but, um, when Madame Pang took control of the port, we were relegated straight away. Since then, we've progressed year on year, um... We've gone from T2 to ninth to 3rd to 3rd of the trophy. So yeah. we've got better every year. And to what extent can that improvement be attributed to Port's transfer strategy?
1: Oh, most of it. Really, because the players are really good. So you take really good players, you put them in a system, it doesn't make sense. They're still really good players, they're still going to pull you through.
0: But what's, is, it, what's
1: impressive though is the guys that you had in T2 stepping up. Yeah. Ricella, Seracon, really. uh, Parkland. Parkland. yeah. No, not Pacon. The other ones stepping up. <laughs> 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 that, that's, that's really impressive as well. So it's not all like the signings. Exactly.
0: Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. I was gonna say it's not necessarily the, transfer strategy in terms of signing players. Yeah. It's the transfer strategy in terms of not removing very important players Yes, and yeah. keeping a group of players together who have since learned to play together at the core of the team. Oh, yeah, so it's, we're it's talking not, about yeah. Rochella, Dollar, Silicon, and, and those guys, Pacorn as well. I mean, he, whether or not you like him, he's he's done a lot of... He's assisted a lot of goals. Mm-hmm. And those guys... Have set the tone for all of the new arrivals and the new arrivals mm-hmm, have been mm-hmm. able to fit into the system which those players know how to play.
1: It's not a mindless strategy. I should make it clear. I'm, yeah. I'm sort of, I'm exaggerating it. And I'm also exaggerating. It. Heberti is a great signing as well. Yeah. Like, even a Heberti where you don't know where to, where to put is still a Heberti, and he's still going to get you probably upwards of 15, 20 goals if in that team because it's a really talented team. And I think and I can see this as a as a Tong fan, there's like a there's like a belief at port that like we can win games. Like when things are going wrong, there's like if we push, we can win. And Tong do not have that until the three two at Bangkok United. So the moment you go down at Mong Tong, like you're like, okay, I'm just gonna sit here and just watch how bad this is gonna get. And most times players go into their shell when they're losing, and this is what Gamma is taking a while to change. He hasn't. They still. I still see it happen. They go into their shell. They're like, okay, great. And he's, now SCG is going to call me up and be like, why did you lose? And this and this goes. Port has an environment where your owner cares about every single player. You know, she actually she wants the best for these people. She cares about them, and there's an inv- there's a feeling there that I that completely confirms. disagree with that.
0: Really? Yeah. No, I, I don't think she cares about most of the players. I think she has a few favorites and everyone okay. else can, can there is like, I mean, so yeah. I'm, I'm thinking about some of the young players who she's brought in who just haven't had a chance as well. I'm thinking of people like Anon, yeah. The guys we, who's
1: going to make a difference. She cares about them. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. And it's kind of well-known within the club that she does have favourites who... Maybe she's not writing the team list every week, but it's well-known who she wants to be playing in, in some positions at, at certain okay. times. Yeah, yeah. So she... Yeah, I think she has favourites and players who aren't on that list are very unfairly treated. I
1: yeah, so. but there's like a feeling of, like,
0: cohesion I think there. a lot of that b- came from in Gidette, each other. I think Jeanette ah, was a big father figure in the team, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he created such a positive atmosphere. I think the, that was most clearly shown when he... Uh, came back in to replace Zico after Zico's ill-fated yeah. eleven-game stint with yeah. one win. Judette came in, and the next week we scored five goals against pattier mm. and and it was just it was just instantly yeah turned back
1: like that atmosphere. I think every Thai club is jealous of it. Like even Boram are probably jealous of it because Buriram they run it like a boot camp. Yeah, mm. it's like they 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 they're the most professional. They they work like machines, but there's not that sort of human element to it but they, do, that but they do
0: know how they do know how to win games
1: they do know how to win games so they don't know how to like rescue a game from being like way down like the the 3-2 the um like the the, the port yeah that game
0: the two Josimar volleys.
1: no I'm thinking of the other one the one that Kong actually won when Heberti scored it. when when the no... I erased that from my memory <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I'm talking about you know what I'm talking about where you, it was 3 0, and you came back to 3 2. Oh,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I was sitting there waiting for the 4 3. It's like, I I knew, I was like, okay, yeah, the 4 3 is going to come because you just feel it when you're in the ground. And I think that there's, yeah, every club is jealous us that. Should be jealous of that. That's really impressive. Yeah, yeah, that's
0: true. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. I find it pleasing in a perverse way. You might find the opposite to mm-hmm. compare mm-hmm. the recent fortunes of Port and. Bangkok United. Mm-hmm. Is there, oh, so many people talk about Bangkok United. They've done so many things right in terms of the way they run the club. Definitely on the playing side, maybe not so much on the, um, the stadium and the way they treat the fans. But um, Port have taken a completely different approach, a less holistic approach, the way that they've invested <laughs> in their club. putting <laughs> it. I thought that was a nice one. But, uh, but Bangkok United in recent seasons have consistently fallen short in, in the league, in the cups. Whereas Port have brought him the bacon this year. So, mm-hmm. is there something that Bangkok United are missing, or is it just kind of bad luck? Is it just a cruel coincidence? Mm, cruel
1: coincidence, I'd say. Mm. I think if you look at sort of the shit that happens to the BU, it, it's really sad. Like, the year that they should have won the league, their rival club bought another team, <laughs> gave themselves all their players, and then the season ended early. Before they could, and I mean, I'm saying most of them would have won that league. There's no doubt. Anyone who says otherwise is crazy. We we would have won that title if the season went on to the end. Yeah. We'd have broke the points record if the season went on to the end. That, I'm certain of that. But it's just a bit like I can see why there's like a frustration there. Um, and Bu try to like play by the book. You know, they they don't like again. Um, they they don't do shady things, and I, like everyone else is doing shady things, and they're like, oh crap, what can I do? Um, but Bu. Okay, I I feel like this is a strange point to make. I think if Port had a better like better coaching staff and better infrastructure, that's a 10-point swing every season. You could have 10 more points if you actually... um, With the same group of players, you had a better coach for them and you had infrastructure and you had a good training ground and a good training complex. That's That's
0: exactly what what Toby said last week.
1: Really? Yeah. Yeah. And then I think if you took all the money Port spent and spend that more wisely. That's even a bigger... It's even more than 10 points. That's, like, on a different, you know... Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you look at BU, who, they haven't really spent much money. Like, even last season, at the time, you were like, oh my god, they're signing all these amazing players. Um, They're signing what, Benilla, Tristan Tristando, Pierupat. If you take that away, piece by piece, right? So, they signed Pierupat, who was the fifth best left back. <laughs> yeah. All right, you've got Kevin... Korakot, um, Tiwatan. who else am I thinking? As- uh, Sasolak. Sasolak, If you kinda as a left-back, yeah. So, like, number five left-back in the country. You had Tristan, who... That's only the real... An- Anon was not going to come in and make a difference right away. Um, and then Havanar and Bonilla together. Havanar was the signing Mano wanted in 27... 27- no, 2018. He's the that he wanted back then because they went that year with no proper strikers, right? Yeah. They had Robson who was a winger and Vander. They wanted Havinar then. Yeah. So when Manor returned from Brazil his holiday, and he's like, and then they said, "Now we have Havener." Manna was like, "Why?" <laughs> That's the feeling I got. He was like, "We Havandar was my target last year when we had no strikers." Yeah. So um, yeah, if you, and then after that, they also sold Sumania to remake the difference. So if you look at. 2016, Miltong had a big transfer window. 2017, it was Chiang Rai. it was Port. People thinking, oh, now it's Miltong had yeah, its turn to spend big. And you look, take it apart. That's not a really big transfer window. It, it's really not. Um, so, they haven't really spent the money. And that's why. And To, to make the difference, you want to spend the money. So... Yeah. Okay. So,
0: there's been a, a bit of banter on Twitter course, since the Hensley transfer, we're we're riding high. We're enjoying our moment in the sun, where we have just snagged your your best player. Yeah. And uh, we've been talking a little bit about who's expected <laughs> to finish higher next season, to be important. <laughs> One and and uh, Jim, who's also been uh, on the podcast, was saying the difference is going to be big. Do you agree?
1: What was that nine points? I think he so told me nine Yeah, he offered me plus nine. Wow. He no, he started. Uh, Valderrama's hair is a great name by the way (laughs) it took me a long while to figure out who he was like at the stadium but like yeah okay, now I know (laughs) yeah Um, I think (laughs) I don't want to say I've I don't want to reveal this now because like only wait I'm going to go check first with Jim that the plus sign is actually confirmed (laughs) and then I will start revealing this (laughs) so like (laughs) um, it started with a plus three yeah. and then I'm like oh no it, oh yeah it was because I tweeted about Sarat right Yeah, and I said Sarat going is a big dent to Meliton's title hopes mm. and he goes what title hopes and I'm like you know we got the <laughs> highest highest points per game average you know in the second half of the season Yeah, and then he's like okay um, want to bet I'm like well now Sarat is leaving and he goes fine plus three and I'm like oh we have financial problems plus five. <laughs> oh, we have this plus seven and then I get a plus nine and I accept the plus nine okay sure I'll take the bet for plus nine Let me go check before you post this up on, right? (laughs) Because because Tong are now in for Kim Kihee from Seattle Sounders. I mean, we're not going to get him because UAE clubs want him, but it means that it's not all doom and gloom, right? Derley is staying. Gamma is staying. Bruno Gallo might stay. On the 21st, I'll get to know for sure because I'm going to go training and see who's actually there, who's not there. Mm -hmm. Um, More of Gamma's coaches arrive from Ching Rai, Mm -hmm. to, to, to join the coaching staff. I think it's not all do, doom and gloom, so I'll take plus nine, because it won't be, it won't be done. Okay. Yeah,
0: no, I, yeah. Yeah, I take start, But I think there's still time and potential for, in this offseason, the things to go very, very Yes, yes, that's what I'm one scared. And if if these signings do happen, if people like Sarach and Turaton do go, yeah. then we do have to start reevaluating that again. And, and the signing that you're, that you are talking about, Hasn't happened either, so... Yes. Has, has Tong signed anyone?
1: No. <laughs> Not that I'm aware of. James <laughs> just
0: like, send me a message
1: we- now, saying 10. <laughs> <laughs> He's listening? <laughs> no, we've heard rumours, but... Look, I think there's a certain amount of players you can lose, and there's some positions... I, I don't want to start saying players are dispensable, and I don't want to say it on, on air, but there are certain positions where... If the guy leaves in that position, and you get the money for him, yeah. I'm confident the young player can step up and fill that yeah. space. So I'm not really super scared of losing any one of the players, right? Even Thiraton to if it's not to a direct rival, I'm not scared of losing those players. Yeah. Um, only for sentimental value, because they're all, like, the ones I've met, are, like they're, they're nice people. I don't want them to leave the club. Shepu um, is a really nice guy and I want to declare that to all the port fans he's a really nice guy Um, but he's probably going and there's young We you can have young players you know it's not all he's a big loss but Sarac as well but Sarac the sentimental value will be really sad but again you know you, you can it's not the end of the world if those guys leave and I think that it, when you have a good coach at a good academy you can afford to you know like to think of the loss of Chenate didn't. We're not relegated. We're in T two, and that that transfer has the potential to completely mess up a club, and it, we they survived that. Yeah. So yeah, I think it's if the rumored signings get pulled, you know, come through, it's not going to be awful. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Way I can say it.
0: Yeah, but there's still definitely uh, yeah. question marks there. Yeah. Okay. So if you um, if
1: you if you sell Kevin and get the in return.
0: That'd be a terrible
1: move. Will it be a terrible move? Yeah. yeah. I, I don't Because you've got to bench Silvercorn and it's inevitable one day and you're just yeah, the inevitable. Yeah. You should just is that the problem that you don't want to bench Silvercorn?
0: <laughs> I I really, really like Tisban. Tisban is yeah my favourite type player in the league. Um okay. but I don't think it's a sensible signing. We we don't need him in that position. I think, yeah, because yeah, like, yeah. what I was saying before about continuity, I think Siwakorn is very, very important to the team, and he's kind of able to change his game to fit what any other players that join, and I don't think we would see that as much from Titipan. Does
1: he? Like, I mean, from what I, I, I of course watch a lot less port than, than you guys do, but from whenever I see it, I see Siwakorn sort of going up and forcing Go to stay back. And I'm always thinking, imagine if you had one more foreign slot and you had Kim in there sitting and then you let Go go up. That's something yeah, I mean to
0: say. Be, And you let him right. create. But we don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> and we have Super and It's Silver Exactly.
1: And Titipan would have the same problem, right? Titipan would want to get up there and then you'd have the same. So yeah, it doesn't make sense. If you play Tanabu at the base of midfield, now that you have Richella back, that would make sense. It would make sense, except
0: that I don't. I still don't think that Tanabu is that good. Yeah. Yeah. He's okay, and he did very well in the FA Cup final. But I'm not. I'm not going to let one decent game make me think that Taniguchi can, can change our fortunes in the next mm, season. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So um, we always ask a, a variation, a variation of these questions to finish off. Um, who do you think is the best player? I haven't thought of one? this. Well, let's let's just say who's the best player at port then. Gosuki. Gosuki.
1: Gosuki for like for sure. Yeah. I, that goal, and I was watching it in, you know, in the FA Cup final, um, when the whole BG team, well, BG, sorry, Raspberry team, playing in Leo, I got confused, Raspberry team drops back and go gets the ball and every, like, you've got all 10, 11 guys in front of him and they're like, okay, we're safe now. One ball over the top and then it's done, right? That, that like no other player in the can do that. And None. That, that
0: first step from Suarez. Like, yeah, right?
1: yeah. To yeah. someone to receive the ball, you need that. Yeah. But the fact that he sees the run and then he trusts Suarez to receive it and then he yeah. tries it, yeah, that's that's like unreal. So I think he's the best. Suarez yeah. is a, Suarez is also up there, for sure. I think he's a, he's a close second. But I've got to give it to gosuki, Yeah, that's been
0: a popular answer since since he's arrived. Yeah. And uh, do you have a favorite port player? Are you allowed to have a favorite port player?
1: Well, I had gosuki when he was in Burira. Okay. That's just carried over. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. How about
1: your favourite player in the league? Well, back in the day it was Sarah when he was, you know, bossing, running the team in 2016. Haven't hasn't reached that yeah, again.
0: Favourites are allowed to be irrational, though. Yeah, yeah. My favourite player is fucking that's it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I really like
1: I like a a player who can, like, you know, I like a good midfielder, obviously, as you can tell. So, I mean, if, if Gallo stays, I'd be really happy, because Gallo is... Uh, and one for the future is uh, Patropon, the defensive midfielder, yeah. who I think he has, like, some of the best stats. Someone who has in stat, the website showed it. Like, he has some of the best interception stats in the league. So, yeah.
0: Pachepon, and, uh, in the future. Okay, final question. Where will Port finish in
1: 2020? Mm, at least top two. Ooh. Yes. Yes. Um, it all depends on Buriram's transfer window. Yeah. Because I've heard they're getting Osvaldo back. Have you heard that one as well?
0: Yes.
1: Yeah, he's an FPS player, right? Yes. Yeah. So I've heard they're getting him back, which would be massive. Because, like, people don't remember how good Osvaldo was because he wasn't. Like, he didn't do his best. But, because he didn't care. Like, he'd turn up and be like, I can give 50% and still be the best player on this pitch. Which is a bad attitude to have. There's an attitude problem there. But if you can get the best out of him, then that would be really. No, that,
0: that isn't it because they didn't do it last time. No, he just, just didn't put up the numbers. He didn't even get the assists. I, I was like, everyone said he was brilliant. Yes, and I saw, I saw the talent there, but I didn't see the. But the there was that
1: thing. FA Cup final moment when I think he got the ball from maybe a throw-in or something, and he just like dribbles the entire Chingrai team and scores. As a, as a, because it buyer, like,
0: you can't play in moments. You have to dominate yeah. week after week, but. Look at Diego. In his moment,
1: <laughs> he's the best player in the Thai league. Uh, okay.
0: Yeah. So
1: if you can stretch his moments into lo- longer, an yeah. hour, out, yeah, <laughs> then sure. you can maybe get, that would be incredible. And they're yeah. also getting um, this guy, uh, Bernardo Cuesta, this Argentinian striker. I've yeah. not heard of him before this, but his numbers look pretty decent. He was the top scorer in the Peruvian league. So I think that's pretty decent. If they get him, they get Osvaldo. If they keep Superchop, um, and they have an AFC slot available. And Nevin wants to win really badly, yeah? So he's um he's gonna be pulling all the stops. So just
0: to put a dampener on the top score in the Peruvian League. Yeah. We just had the second top score in the Bolivian League. <laughs> yeah,
1: but Bolivia <laughs> Peru went to the yeah. World Cup, you know. Yeah. Peru so went is to a, that a completely different ball game.
0: Maybe I like
1: don't know. I don't know anything about Peruvian or Bolivian football, either.
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking Brazilian leagues uh, sorry, South American leagues which are Brazil or Argentina? Eh, we don't not, know. Not going to take too much notice of who their top scorer is. Yeah, <laughs> having, having seen Rolando. <laughs> yeah, Rolando. Yeah, having seen Rolando.
1: But I don't know if if you can get him firing, whoever he is. I've never. I don't know. And you get Osvaldo back to supplement that. Yeah. And then you get you still have an AFC slot available. Yeah. Okay. So you heard
0: it here. Port to finish second from second second
1: second at second at minimum. minimum. Should I can I go through the rest of that? Should I go through the oh, rest yeah, of the yeah, table? Can hold me. Five, It'll be between B U and Milton for third. Okay. I think we're not gonna fall off that badly.
0: So Cheng Rai off the map, yeah?
1: Fifth, sixth, Okay. seventh, who knows? Yeah, honestly, who knows? I'd be surprised if, if Pitiwatsu Wakorek and it are all there. You know, I think Sinopat... a few of them have to go. A few of them are going to Japan, Korea. Like they're not gonna all be there at the start of the season. Um so yeah, that's my top four, and then I, I don't know who to put just below that, because you've got Ching Rai, the tier below that I got is Ching Rai, BG and Smut Prakan. if Prakan, if Moriyama stays and gets in players that he actually wants to get in and keeps the young players that he's been working with and has peered on fit for a whole season, that's a lot of ifs, but they're in there too kind of.
0: I, I don't have as well-formed kind of picture
1: of the top five but I'll make one prediction Yeah, BG will finish higher than one top ooh no 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 Dusit versus Gamma are you
0: serious absolutely <laughs> uh, Dusit former port genius <laughs>
1: I mean I, I agree Dusit's a great coach because he had a really good system last year at, at, at BG but like I, I you just got a feel for him because he's like how am I gonna fit all these guys into a team if they sign Chapuy as well and it's just gonna it's just gonna implode. There's just too many people there. It's like it's just, like literally the dressing room is too crowded. Like I don't know how else to put it with BG. Um, so, uh, yeah, you have a yeah. BG, BG above.
0: No, above next season Port finished second. It's gonna be a good year. Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's been really entertaining. <laughs> it's a lot of
1: Mano staying too. That's a great boost for the league. I think it's yeah. always fun to have. BU playing the way they play?
0: Yep. So we are. We're looking forward to, to the start of next season. Port have actually got their first friendly tomorrow, played at BG's, <laughs> which is thirty-seven kilometers away from here. Oh but anyway, we get we're getting back into it. Football will be returning soon. Yeah. So uh, we're we're both looking forward to that. Thanks very much, Jan, for oh. appearing. Yeah, sorry for, yeah. for appearing on the podcast. Yeah, thank like you. First Moongtang fan. It all went off cleanly. No punches were thrown. Yeah, yeah. No, I
1: think you are too nice to Kong at some parts.
0: I'll, uh, right, I'll yeah. rant in the next one, then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, so, so next time we're actually going to be getting... We're going to be talking about the same kind of issue, but we're going to be talking about the point of view of an agent. So if you thought this was an interesting conversation tune in again next week we're gonna we're gonna be talking about more of the same topic but from a slightly different angle so uh yeah thanks again see you guys soon
1: thank you